Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. My name is Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. We're back. We're trying to be on schedule more. We're trying to keep things rolling. So you get an episode at our regularly scheduled time. Look at us. New Year's resolution, check. Well, I mean, let's see. We're recording it, so it'll hopefully drop on time. Now, I mean, we're not quite there yet, so we'll see what happens. That's true. It's it's well-intentioned, at least. <laughs> There's a lot of time <laughs> between now and then that stuff can happen. Well, and our last episode was a bit long, so I hope everybody enjoyed that extra little bit of us just rambling on, basically. Your Aunt Sam said she listened to the whole entire thing while she was folding laundry. Well, I don't know that she actually listened to the podcast. I think She listened to the podcast, the video version of it. Oh, I thought she keeps saying podcast, but I thought she meant our Facebook lives. No, it was legit the podcast this time. I talked to her about it today. Oh, okay. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. So she was bored for an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> I guess so. She's like, well, <laughs> might as well listen to these two goons. <laughs> so uh, this episode's for you, Aunt Sam. And uh, I guess we'll get started right on news because I was told I needed to, you know, speed it along a little bit today. I don't know who said that. Who said that? Yeah, I don't know. Some weirdo. Okay, so for news, I only have one item. Uh, again, news is thin on the ground right now in that post-Christmas uh, pre-con uh, season phase. But there is one kind of interesting looking game. Uh, out of Hong Kong, and it is called Circus Break. Now, I got to be honest, what really made me choose Circus Break is because I tend to like a circus theme, minus the clowns. I don't do clowns. This one doesn't appear to have clowns. What it does appear to have is adorable chibi artwork. And you know I love me some chibis. So in Circus Break, you are trying to escape from this horrible circus because the ringmaster is awful. So uh, there's these cards laid out and it's almost like a kind of memory type game at parts where you are trying to find the key to get out of the circus. It's somewhere in this card pool. So you have to find it, but you don't want to be obvious about it because you can't just like say, oh, I found the key. I get out. You also have to have um, the tools and the food that your character needs in order to let you claim the key and, and to break out. But your actual role is hidden, I guess. So there's some hidden roles, probably because, you know, when you find someone's particular food or, um, you know, item, you are going to want to make sure that they don't get it. Or if you think they found it themselves, you want to kind of cover it up. So there's like animal, different animals in the circus. There's some girl named Zoe. Everybody else appears to be animals, at least as far as I can see. Uh, so there's also like someone is the lion and the lion can steal someone else's victory if the lion gets its food. So your and then also your character has like cards and thing or like p card abilities that it can do. Um, you can keep you have cards in your hand too. It seems like because you can play action cards to do things like search for cards in the pool to skip other players um, to force a player to put their cards back in the pool. Uh, there are random events that can appear to shuffle stuff around. So I I don't know if the gameplay is amazing. But it does look super cute. Um, they've got a couple like little extra add-ons, like uh, a boss that steals the key by using a trank gun on the lion, but they could miss. There's an elephant who's adorable. Um, there's like more random events and secret meetings and super cards. And you can also get, I think, miniatures. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not into it, but... They are little cute chibi miniatures and they're adorable. There's like a little monkey and a little lion, the five main characters. So it's a cute game. Looks like uh, maybe a little bit more involved than your basic kid family weight game. 
but still got some of that memory, um, just card play. So if that's interesting to you, check out Circus Break. There are five days left on that Kickstarter, and the base pledge is $23. Yeah, that sounds, sounds okay, but I can't, I, all I keep thinking is Circus Freak. Like, I keep looking at it, and I keep thinking it says Circus Freak, and that's not it at all. No, it's not at all. You're a Circus Freak. You're a Circus Freak. You're a diesel. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anyway, so that is all of the news that I really have for today. All right, so next we're going to talk about a few games that we played. We Again, we have a lot of games that we played, so we're picking two. And these happen to be the two that I got with some gift cards from Christmas. And I wanted to play them, and now I want to talk about them. <laughs> so selfishly, these are the two games that are on the list. And the first one is a game... They got a lot of hype recently, and it looked cool. I watched Rado play it, and when we went to the store, I saw it, and it had a name on it that really intrigued me, and that is Virginio Gigli. I'm not sure how you say his name, but it's one of the Italians, and the game is First Rat. This is a co-design. I can't remember the other designer's name, but there's two designers on this, and this is effectively a little racing set collection contract fulfillment game where you're taking on the role of the, these like rats and you're trying to collect different pieces of trash in this junkyard and cheese. Somehow there's cheese in the junkyard to make it to outer space. You're going to assemble this rocket ship using baking soda and vinegar cans and calculators to get, make this rocket ship to go up into the outer space. And it's basically a race to move around this board. You land on space as you collect stuff. You can move multiple rats if they land on the same color. You can collect more stuff. Then you're going to turn stuff in to build some rockets, turn some cheese to just score a pile of points at the end of the game. There's a little light bulb track that you can move up on. It's going to increase your production. Uh, there's a burrow track where you're going to be moving around, scoring some points, and unlocking some special abilities through comic books, maybe unlocking more rats. Um, it. I like this game quite a bit. It's fun, in my opinion. I don't know how Katie feels, but I like this. It's fun. It's Italian's. I love the Italians. Um, it's probably a game that we could play with our youngest daughter, maybe, because it's not super super complicated. But for a, a light-ish game, there is a, a decent amount of decisions that you can make. So I like this one quite a bit. So how do you feel about First Rat? Um, it's okay. I, I didn't really like it. You'd kind of build it up a little bit, so that's part of it. There's a hype train going from you about it. Uh, and it just, it was okay. I I mean, by definition, it is a game that I should like because multiple paths to victory, I think, totally exists with this game. But because there are so many different things happening and I, I, I'm not a strategic enough player, I guess, I wasn't sure what the best route would be. So I was like, well, I'll just try a little bit of everything. And I did really terribly. Um... I don't know. It just wasn't that fun. It was just okay. I could see other people might like it. Maybe with some other plays, I could like it. Um, I think the theme is okay-ish. I don't know. The board wasn't interesting to me. The bits weren't good. I mean, they were bad, but it was okay. I think part. I think part of it is there. It is deceptively like heavy with some decisions. I think for what what the game looks like. Because moving those rats can really get pretty tricky on how you want to move them, where you want them to go. Yeah. Um, like it, it's deeper than it looks. And I think maybe, I don't know, maybe you weren't expecting that out of it. Or, or I don't know. Maybe. Don't also, know. like, whenever I play a game like this with Brandon, I know he's trying to find a way to min-max it. And that just drives me crazy. Because I'm like, well, I just want to try it out and have fun. Like, it's the first time playing it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Here he is going, you know, full pedal. And then I'm like, oh, was I supposed to be doing that? Well, crap. And it just gets in my own head because I'm super competitive is the problem. Yeah, we played like four rounds and then it was over because Brandon built all of his stuff. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? I thought I was doing the right thing. Like, I'm always like, I, my other problem is in life in general, I do what I think I'm supposed to do. So I'm like, this is like the Kanban problem. I am supposed to build a rocket because that is the theme of the game build a rocket so i'm like well i'm going to completely build this rocket but when that isn't really rewarded in proportion with how the theme is placed 
it just my brain is in a conundrum about that. And I think that yeah. that's the problem, yeah. which is the same problem I have with Kanban. It just I'm like, I, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Why isn't this working? Yeah, I can see that. In this one, building the rocket is just a piece of it. And there's like eight other ways you can score points. So, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I probably should have abandoned the rocket idea altogether after a while. Like it just. I don't know. I, I thought it was fun building the rocket. That's what I was doing. Just having fun. Well, I was trying to have fun building the rocket, too, but it wasn't happening. And then I was like, wait, it's over? I thought we were building the rocket. Uh, again, this might help with more plays. I don't know. I would not choose it, but I'll play it if you want to. That's my take yeah, on I th- it. I think like Matt and Jamie would probably like it. Um, so we could play with them some at some point next time we get together with them. Sure. And I'll just play it by myself because they're solo, <laughs> so that's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. So another game that I got for Christmas from gift cards is a Reiner Knizia game with a co-designer Martino Chia Chiera or something like that. Mm. And this is a game called Witchstone. And this basically feels like Reiner Knizia went and hung out with Stefan Feld. And they were playing one of Stefan's games. And Knizia's like, man, I really wish I had some games like this. So he went and met up with Martino. And they designed this game where everything you do just rains points down, down on you. That's what this game is. It's a little, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. You're, you're basically, you're picking a tile. It's going to have two actions on it, which are two little symbols. You're going to put that tile in your cauldron. And then you're going to take those two actions. If you place that tile next to other symbols that match, it's going to increase the strength of that action. So if I have four witches and two pentagrams, I can do the witch action at a level four. Or four witch actions, and I can do two pentagram actions. And then you're just going to take those actions. And in between those actions that you're taking, you're going to unlock other bonuses probably. And you're going to have to stop and do those bonuses, which could unlock other bonuses, which are going to give you points probably. And then you go back to the original action. It starts basically um, compiling down combos from turn two almost. And it just gives you all this stuff that you can do. Everything gives you points. Um, it's a cool little puzzle. It has like a ticket to ride board for some reason arbitrarily just so it can go with the in-game goal cards. Um, tracks, two cool tracks. There's a pentagram track and a wand track. I love tracks. Uh, I like this game quite a bit. This is one I definitely want to play a lot. It's better than First Rat, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, this is probably my favorite Knizia game. I, I would venture to say that. So how do you, how do you feel about Witchstone? Yeah, this one is way better than First Rat. I feel like maybe if you explained the theme of the game a little bit, that might help. Like It's a witch in a stone. There's the theme. Okay. So your witch is gathering around the sacred stone. So you have like little witch meeples. Um, you everyone has like a familiar. You're gonna get crystals out of your out of your cauldron. You're gonna send out your your witches. You're gonna make this network of magic ener- energy around the sacred stone. You're gonna make use of your pentagram and your magic wands. You're gonna check on the prophecy scrolls. That's what I said. I said all that stuff. Okay. Um. So this has like that really interesting action selection based on the tiles that you pull to put into your cauldron. And there's two actions on each one. So yeah, you're trying to like make the most of lining them up and then um, like firing off multiples, which I freaking love. Um, I also love the cards that give you in-game scoring. So you're like getting value out of what you're doing in the cauldron on the board where you're moving your witches like it's really fun we played a couple rules wrong which i think hampered the game a little bit yeah it it, it it definitely ruined the experience a little bit but it didn't make the game terrible though it just messed up some of the stuff right and actually like i felt like i was more i'm more excited to play it again because now i know what these rules are that what they should be and i'm like oh yeah that's gonna make the game so much better like i can't wait to try it again um you know i love the theme i think that the components are cool Uh, it looks cool when you get all these different like uh, things laid out in your hexagons laid out in your cauldron when you are moving around these crystals and you're laying out these like energy stones to make these paths out there like i yeah and you're getting rewarded points for those too you do get points for everything and that's good because that's what you want because everyone feels good about points so 
I think I think there's like some cool, really strategic, like, how do I make these combos happen for me in the best way possible? Um, how do I snag up the points that I want? Um, the cards that are out there that are going to work with what I've been doing so far. Like, yeah, I, I think that that is, is so cool. It looks like they're even planning um, an expansion to come out this coming year called Full Moon. Yeah, I saw that when I was doing the the, the BGG review. I was like, man, that's cool. I don't know what's going to add, but I'm excited. New cauldron tiles for more chain reactions, 3D miniatures, and new special cards. And among other things, let you activate one of two special abilities each turn. Ooh, nice. Hey, yeah, I really like this one. I'm really excited to play it again. Oh yeah, for sure. This this game is fantastic. And it actually has pretty solid components too. Like the the little bits that you're using to connect the energy routes are really cool little like crystally looking bits. I really I really like them. Yeah, and I actually saw like I was looking at BGG just about it to remember some things. And it someone has a copy, a new copy of the Geek Market for nine dollars. Wow, there you go. That's a deal. It's yeah. Well, uh, probably if you'd looked into it, it's for some auction or something. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. Um, but either way, if you can get it for nine bucks, you snag that bad boy up. That's true. Yeah, it was a good game. Liked it a lot. All right. So those are two games we played. Let's keep going. All right. We are getting into like the nitty gritty. Like this is games in the 20s these are games i will recommend whenever somebody comes over like katie you pick a game i would pick any one of these there's a couple that have crept in this year they were kind of surprises to me uh but they're obviously really stinking good and um so jason and i are really excited to talk about this as we are like barreling towards our top 10 so babe why don't you start with number 30 all right, so my number 30 was a lot higher last year, and that might have been a mistake looking back on it now. Okay. Yes, it was. Um, but Still I played is. this a couple I played this a couple times solo this year and I really like this this game. Speaking of we talked about Feld earlier being visited by Knizia. This is actually a Feld game, and this one's called Bonfire. And this is a game about um, scoring points. Oh my gosh! Um, Stop. <laughs> you're moving. You're you're selecting actions. You're using these action tiles. And you're putting them on like a like a polyomino grid puzzle thing. You're like a you're race getting, trying to keep the bonfires lit for the gods and rejuvenate the worship of them. Yeah, there you go. That that's what you're doing. But effectively, what you're doing is you are taking an action on your turn by spending these tiles. You're going to be moving your little boat around, collecting different goal tiles that you're trying to accomplish. They're going to go out on your player board. You're trying to move these little worshippers around of certain colors. You're trying to collect portals so you can get your worshippers to the bonfire. You want to complete those goals. You can flip that bonfire over to get some points. Send your little baby Yodas out to the board to score some like bonuses. Um, there's some goal cards, some one-time abilities. There's in-game point cards. Everything that a good felt has, this one has. I like it. It's not as smooth as some of his other games. Um, it might, it's a little fiddly, hmm. lot, a lot of setup, but I do really like this and I don't feel bad about it. So my number 30 bonfire. I, I just cannot understand why this is so high on your list. I do not like this game and, and I, it's not because I don't like Feld. I mean, I feel you don't like, like Feld. I do. I feel like I share a bedroom with him sometimes. I swear. No, I really do <laughs> like Feld. I, <laughs> You may or may not be in there sometimes. I have many. And honestly, I think I have a Feld game in my top 10. I like that. But this game I thought was awful. And I tried it more than once. I think you need to play it again. How about third time? Maybe. I don't. Part of it at first, I was like, I think I'm too dumb to play this game. And nobody likes to feel dumb. Although I feel that way oh. about Clinic, but. That makes you want to play more. I don't know. I I just don't. I I my problem my problem with bonfire is it forces you to do to take a path. Everyone take the same path. Well, yeah, that's true. You have to do stuff with the bonfires. That's true. Mm -mm. That is true. You have to really do stuff. You can't just like dabble in it and do other things if you yeah, want to win. Well, that's, yeah, and that irritates true. the bejesus out of me. You're just trying to do it better than everybody else, basically. Enough about this not good game. Let's talk about my good game at number 30. 
<laughs> You're a jerk. This is uh, another Italians, yeah? Tashini and Tertsi. Uh, well, I don't think Tertsi's Italian. I don't know that, though. But Tashini is for sure. Yeah. David. Whatever. It's Tekenu. 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 Abelis of the Sun. I did not think I was going to like this game. And the first time I played it, I was like, mm, I'm not sure. But the more I play this game, the more I'm like, this game is dope. Like, it's great. So you are at Karnak, basically. Um, it wasn't called Karnak. It's like the Temple of Amun-Ra or something. Uh, and you are working on building this like impressive site. And you're honoring these gods on in all these different sections. So this truly is one of those like yours where it's like you can do something here and you can do something here and you can do something here. And there also has the gimmick of the obelisk, which the obelisk actually has function because it's going to turn and it's casting shadow on different parts of the board. And so that actually is kind of changing how and when you can use these different dice. So it is dice drafting and dice placement for actions. Love that. Of course. So now you've got like dice that are pure or Tatan or forbidden, which I think that's kind of like didn't get turned out very well in the rules as much as it could be. Oh, yeah. That part is so irrelevant. (laughs) Because you're like, oh, it's a big deal. And then you're like, oh, no, it just has to be not that far. Oh, okay. Yeah, it just. But still, the drafting the dice, it's also like that kind of. But that does affect the general availability of the dice. Um, And so that what kind of actions you can take and what, what dice can go where is affected by this obelisk, which is super cool. And so you're like trying to get these points. You're trying to generate resources. Um, also these dice, each dice like corresponds to the different kind of God, the actions correspond to different gods. So like they have actions too that you can do. Um, and you're just trying to like build altars and, and workshops and, uh, statues and you're just trying to like pile up the points in all different kinds of ways. There's card play that you can use. You've got this killer player board. It is a super cool, interesting game that I think gets better every time you play it because every time like things are changing with how the dice come out and where they are and what actions can happen. And there's so many different ways to score points that you can go in any of those ways and really be successful. Like obviously for me, I tend to go with like the end game scoring tiles. Like that's just where I'm at. I acknowledge this about myself. I'm on a 12 step program. Uh, but you can do other things like Jason is always like building up the temple and doing some other stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I should do that. Well, I'm going to take this one anyway. Uh, you're laying tiles down in this temple and moving around like columns and things which can have like bonuses. And is there's just a ton of cool stuff about this. Also, the iconography, um, the board looks cool. That Egyptian theme is really cool. So my number 30 is Tekenu Obelisk of the Sun. Yeah, it's okay. No, it's better than okay. (laughs) Yeah, I may revisit this later. And also, if I'm doing something in a game, just as a general rule, do the opposite. You'll probably win. That's not true. There are some games that you always beat me at, and it's very infuriating. I can count those on one finger. (laughs) That's not true. All right, so my number 29 is a game that I feel like we just talked about not that long ago, but... Mm-hmm. I guess we're going to talk about it again. And that is Dinosaur Island. And this is from Pandasaurus. Uh, this is, it looks like a big, heavy, heavy Euro because it takes up three tables. <laughs> right. But really it is pretty simple at its heart. Uh, it's a, a game that you're doing around goes over five phases. And what you're trying to do is in this game, you are trying to draft dice that are going to give you different types of DNA you may send out some scientists that are going to let you get new dinosaur recipes in your park. You may send out scientists or you may buy different upgrades for your laboratory. Then you're going to be using scientists to build new dinosaurs, which is going to increase the danger or the excitement of your park, but also increases the threat. You have to make sure you have security to keep the dinosaurs at bay so they don't break out. Then guests are going to come into your park based on how exciting it is. Uh, you're going to earn money. If your threat is more than your security, you're going to get some people eaten, and that's bad. Um, 
and it's just then you're going to keep doing that until you've met some in-game goals and the game is over. Usually takes place over four or five, six rounds. It's not super crazy, but it looks intimidating. But once you get down into it, it's I don't want to say straightforward because I try not to use that word anymore. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. But it's it's a pretty understandable game once you like actually see it in action and break it down by the phases. And I really like it. It's super fun. Expansions are cool, not necessary. The base game on its own is a really good time. So my number 29, Dinosaur Island. Yeah, this was on my list, I think, a couple weeks ago. And yeah, it's super good. I love to look at it and play with the dinosaurs. Um, it's so cool looking that it makes my number 29 look even worse. Because... <laughs> Oh, our our dear, I'm pretty sure our dear, dear friends, Clemens Franz, did the artwork on this sucker. Oh, yeah. It's uh, hands 100% Clemens Franz. Yes. And it's like, Clemens, your girlfriend, woof. Like, it's bad. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. It's pretty terrible. <laughs> but the game is so good, which is why it's so high. And I haven't even played it for a while, but I know every time I play it, I love it. And that is Orléans. Uh, Orléans is a bag building game. And you are drawing people which is kind of weird out of your bag and putting them to work in your town so you're trying to use them to create points to also help like recruit new people of different um i don't know trades i guess that allow you to do different things you're moving up on this book track i think and then eventually you can kind of retire people they go to, is it the village square or something like they go be political or town hall yeah, it might be called Town Hall. I'm not sure what the actual word is. Um, and that's like kind of securing you points that way as well. Um, we also have an expansion where... Trade trade and intrigue. Trade and intrigue where you actually are able to do some pick them and deliver on this map, which is kind of cool too. Adds a whole nother element. Uh, it's it's just a good quality game like you're and again you are solving the puzzle to get the points your way and there are lots of ways to do that um with the scriptorum kind of track with the books and the points that kind of multiply there um with some of the in-game like bonuses and stuff in the town hall um with kind of almost like and it's not really air control but route building that you can do on the map like it's it's ugly but it is good so i remember 29 orleans yeah i'll probably be talking about this in a couple weeks it's really good interesting so my number 28 because that follows 29 yep is another vladimir suchi game and we talked about one of his games last week in games played uh that was woodcraft this one is the Prodigals Club. And I think I like this more than everybody that I've played it with. I, I don't know why. I just like it. This is a worker placement game where you're doing two or three different games at the same time, depending on how complicated you want it. I always want all three because that's cool. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to make your people, your family, or your pawns as miserable as possible. You're trying to lose all these votes. You're trying to make your family hate you. And you're trying to, what's the third one? Uh, lose all your money by uh, selling, giving away, your stuff. making terrible investments on your mm -hmm. your um, stuff. Yeah. And that's done through worker placement. When you're going to send workers out to the board, they're going to either lose your votes. They could let you sell your stuff for you know as little money as possible, almost giving it away. Could make your family hate you. Um, could give you these cards because after you place all your workers, you're going to get these cards that you can activate to help you do all those things again because you don't have enough workers to get everything done. So you need some card assistance and you're going to play over the course of, I think like four or five rounds. Then the interesting thing is of the three scores, whichever score is your highest is your score. So you want to make sure that you're trying to keep all these, these um, boards, these different mini games, even on points because you don't want to spend all this time and have one super negative, but one you didn't focus on at all because that's your score and that's rough. I really like it. It's kind of a beast to teach. It's pretty crunchy, but I enjoy it. I think the theme is cool. So my number 28, the Prodigals Club. Yeah, I kind of go back and forth between it's okay. I don't know. It's okay. Uh, my number 28, I think that you talked about I did. Oh, I go. Either last week or the week before. I'm not sure. And 
I feel like this has some designers or it's from a publisher that we like. I don't know. You know, I don't know. It's from Brain Crack. Oh, yeah, Brain Crack, yeah. I actually don't know who the designers are. Yeah, Brain Crack. Um, But the game is Venice. Venice has so many things that I like. So it's got this pick up and deliver thing, which I, I like contract fulfillment. Classic, right? But, David Tersey is, is part of this. <laughs> okay, there we go. This is my David Tersey list, apparently. Uh, I also love like little <laughs> things to play with when you're playing a game. And you've got the, your gondolas. Um, the items fit down inside the gondola. I, I love that. I love that. Um, you got your little gondoliers. Adorable. I love it. Like, I love that little gimmick. It's so fun. I want to move my little boats around. Also, um, this at two players, there is a third gondola that moves around. And I, I don't remember what it's called. It's like, a, I don't know what it is. Bandit. I don't know what it is. But do you know what it's called? A spy. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. And in some ways, it's like, oh, great. Like, I, I really don't like two-player games that make you play like a third dummy player. I'm like, just make it a three-player game and step off. But in Venice, moving this extra gondolier around on your turn is actually like a really awesome part of your turn that I honestly think I would miss playing at the higher player counts. Because you getting some of the suspicion that you can get from it actually can have you do some different things. You don't want too much, obviously. Um, But moving it towards your opponent, like that's like a strategic move to block off places that they might want to get to fill their contracts. Like it's just that extra level that I really like. Um, The board is beautiful. It's cool. Um, but again, at its heart, this is a classic pick up and deliver contract fulfillment. But dang, it's real. It's a real good one. It's my number 28, Venice. It is a good one for sure. Moving on from Venice, we're going to go to the fancy dressed ball. We're going to make some dresses and some coats. You tried that transition. My, it didn't work. I just, it, it was bad. It's okay. It's fine. My number 27 is Rococo. And it is a game about making dresses and coats and you're doing that through some slight deck building a little bit uh you're going to be recruiting some new cards for your deck and each card is going to give you an action that you can take when you play it and possibly a bonus action if you do the thing that they want to do and you're trying to collect different fabrics and yarn and uh there's one other thing thread thread, maybe thread to make these certain kinds of coats and dresses and then once you make it you're either going to do you're going to sell it for money because your money is tight and hard to get, or you're going to put it on display at the ball, which basically functions as like an area control type of deal. Whoever has the most value of dresses in these different halls is going to score some points. Um, so you get enough at the top level, you can go up and watch the fireworks to score extra points. You're trying to build decorations and hire musicians and all that kind of stuff to score extra points. It's a, a really good game. We have the old and busted one, but I mean, it plays the same as the new one, just old and busted. Uh, I like this quite a bit. We don't play it a ton anymore just because I think we have so many games. It's just hard to play all these games over and over. But I really like it. My number 27, Rococo. Yeah, this I think is criminally low. So we will be revisiting Rococo. Not today. Um, My number 27, Jason talked about, I believe, last week. And it is Paris. So Paris, like he mentioned, it's got this really cool, like... um, set up around the Arc de Triomphe. You got the like uh, like the arrondissements kind of different neighborhoods. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. You let me struggle all last week saying these words. And here you come in saying all these things that you could have bailed me out with last week. Yes. <laughs> I did. <laughs> that sounds right. Okay, got it. <laughs> um yes, it's because you don't listen to me and my French. I listen to it. I can just barely speak English. Well, that's why I don't even bother wasting my time. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, Paris, 
it there's some like you've got these keys and yeah you're laying out these different shops in the different neighborhoods in Paris and like moving up claiming them um you're exchanging goods there's the the track that gives you bonuses and how far forward you can get good bonuses and take them away from other people but then you're missing out on some other ones and gosh resources money it's all super tight in this game it is a struggle like it is a it is a struggle sometimes but kind of working out how you're going to do that how you're going to get area control how you can get landmarks and things and in-game scoring uh that's what makes this game so super good it's it's really really good good production i i I really like this game so my number 27 is paris yep my number 26 is a game that i've actually been playing a lot on the computer just because it takes away a lot of the setup and tear down and i like that and it is terraforming mars this is a game that a lot of people think has been replaced i disagree uh it's an engine building tableau building card game kind of where you're you're using these cards and on your turn you have a couple actions you can take and Ultimately, what you're trying to do is you're trying to play cards to raise the temperature, um, raise the oxygen, and get water tiles out on Mars to make it habitable. And you're going to get points for all that stuff that you do. You're trying to also build cities on Mars. If they're next to certain things, they're going to score points. A lot of the cards combo off of each other, so you're trying to play cards that work with other cards that you played to just end the game with as much terraform or rating or whatever it's called points as possible so you're the best at terraforming. It's it's a really good game. It doesn't look the greatest. It's definitely not a looker, um, <laughs> no. but but I definitely enjoy the gameplay, and it's one that if I hadn't played it online as much, it probably wouldn't be as high. But since I've been playing it, it's you know just makes me want to play it in real life more. So my number twenty six, Terraforming Mars. I do like this game. I have no idea where it is on my list. Hmm. My number twenty six. We just played. Uh, we haven't talked about it. Because we actually played an expansion, a new expansion for it. But the game by itself is so, so good. And that is Nidavellir. Nidavellir is an auction set collection game. So you are collecting dwarves of different types. You're recruiting them, I guess, um, to come be part of your army. I don't know why they're there. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know why they're there either. They're just standing in lines. That's all they're doing. Yeah. There's several different colors and they're all scored different ways. And you've got these coins that you use to bid on um, for your turn to draft a card at each of these three different taverns. And then if you get like one dwarf of every color, you get to pick a hero. Hero's going to like give you extra points. It's going to up things in some way. It's just like, this is one of those games where you're like trying to get all your cards in the right way and do what you need to do to get the biggest score and everyone can go about it in a different way. And I, man, I really, I really enjoy that. I, and I like the artwork. I think the artwork's cool. They're like these fierce dwarves, like they should be. Um, you also are upgrading your coins from what looks like a set of stadium bleachers. I don't know why they're that way, but they are. Uh, but that that in itself is a whole other element to the game because then you can also get points for those as well. So you really do want to move up in number as well as adding to how you're drafting these dwarves and, and when you're going to play what to take something away from somebody else. Like It's just a good a good bidding, um, a good drafting game. It's super good. Now that's why it's my number 26, Nidavellir. This is a game I am pretty good at. You're right. I, I'm okay at this one. Yeah. You don't Just always beat me at this one, though. I don't. I don't. But this one does click with me. And me I, I, and I the like Dwerg one. brothers or whatever. That's true. We let you get a bunch of those last time we played, which was a mistake. Yeah, I was like, okay, nobody's stopping me. Shoot. Still didn't help you win, though, did it? Mm. Uh, you beat me by like what two points or something? I, I don't know. I wasn't there for the end game scoring, so I have no idea. <laughs> it was pretty close. I remember, I texted you from the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I I didn't get it until later. Uh, all right, so my number twenty five uh, is a game that I got last year for Christmas, and we played a whole lot earlier on in the year, and then we just didn't play it that much anymore. And it is called Lords of Vegas. And this is, it's a pretty simple game. 
on your, your turn, you're going to be flipping a card and you're going to then own that property of the card that's flipped. And then on that card is going to be a different colored casino. And everybody who owns a casino, that color is going to get paid out. And you may get some points based on the size of your casino. And all you're trying to do throughout this game is to just be the person with the most points. It sounds pretty simple, but it really is a pretty simple game. I guess there's some trading you can do. We've never played like that except for that one time. Because Bob likes to play that way because he wants to win. Mm-hmm. He's like Brandon in that way. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't play like that normally. I just go with whatever happens and what happens. You just need to make the best of it. But it's a really good game. I like it. It's definitely, again, not a looker. We have both the expansions. They're both pretty neat in their own way. Some underworld cards, which break the rules and just make it, you know, entertaining a little bit more. And good game. It's a matter of 25. Lloyds of Vegas. Yeah, I that's I don't know where that is either, but it's it is good. We haven't played it as much, I think, because we played it with a lot of people, and they liked it. And I would play it more. I find I don't I don't like it at like bigger player counts. I just don't. Yeah, yeah, I like it like three and four is the best. I think I like it at two or three, <laughs> which sounds two's like pretty, you. No, two's pretty good, but it's just it's a little too open. Then I think. I like it open. I want to do what I want to do, and I want you to get in the way of my casino. That's true. Okay, you've convinced me. (laughs) Three is fine. Uh, My number 25, we don't play a lot. We have played quite a bit, and I really like it, and I don't know why we don't play it more, because I think that this is a good middleweight game that I think a lot of people might enjoy. And that game is Hadara. So Hadara is like civilization themed, but it's not a civ game by any means. So you are drafting cards and you have to pay for them, which whoo, money's tight. One time about money being tight. This game is tight. Um, but these cards are have effects on how your civilization your people are going like are they gonna you know increase in their arts are they gonna increase in their warfare like you also need food production because you gotta feed those people it's not uve though um and like getting them like there's bonuses there's points out the yin yang in this thing like okay like i want to get these good cards but ooh, yeah i want to also buy these medals but ooh, you know i also want to like get these other tiles um are they like land or statues or something uh culture is that the second the second phase that you can do uh tiles are military Mm. and then culture is the blue where you're building little statues on your player board Maybe I'm thinking statues. I don't know. See, it's been a little while. It looks like there's some expansions, which uh, I want. Yeah, Chris has them all. They're like little mini ones. Some of them are cards. Some of them add like a whole other player board that we've never played with, even when we played Chris's a couple times. Yeah, it's those little tiles that like stack together. It must, yeah, it must be military. Yeah, that's the military. Because you can flip it over and... You can either like conquer the people and like pillage and take their stuff, or you can like integrate them into society and. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. Again, like you can absolutely go in your own way and work with a society that maybe has no hardly any military, but they're like really epic in culture and they're building these statues and they're doing these other things. Like, um, I just like the unique card play and and that drafting system. And you kind of also then you can go back and see cards that maybe got missed in the first draft in the same round. So you get kind of a second chance at them. Ah, there's so much good stuff in this game. It is super good. And I would like to play it way more than we do. So my number 25 is Hadara. Yeah, I'm not sure where this is on my list, but I do like it. I, I know I like it. It might have been in the outside of the 100. I don't know why. That's terrible. All right, so my number 24 is actually a Stonemeyer game, and I think I like this more than you do. Oh, absolutely. I don't like this game at all. Uh, it is. I don't care about the theme. Uh, this You say you don't like the game or the theme? The game and the theme stone, oh. too. Well, the game is Euphoria, Build a Better Dystopia, and this is it's a, a dice placement game, really, what you're doing. And what you're trying to do is you're using these dice to collect different resources, you're spending those resources to collect artifacts and you're trying ultimately to get stars out on the board. So this is, must've been what started his fascination with stars. I don't know if this came first or Viticulture came first, 
but it's a race to get all of your stars out on the board. And there's some secret characters that you have that you're trying to move them up the track. If they get farther up a track, you get some extra points. Uh, if you bump somebody out at a, a worker placement spot to get their die back, which is pretty cool. Uh, I like this game. It's probably not, it shouldn't be this high, I don't think, but I do mm-hmm. really like it. I have a good time playing it every time. So it's my 24, Euphoria. I don't know how it got so high. I It it very much focuses on the thing I don't like about a lot of Stonemaier games, which is first one to this point, star or whatever wins. I don't, the bits are cool, but I just, it's, I don't know. It just, just hasn't really worked for me. But my number 24 really does work for me. It's a game we do not own, but we have been borrowing from our friend for forever and still haven't played it. But I want to so bad. I just, we just haven't. Because I really wanted to see how it played it too. Because I loved it so much when we played it at four. And that game is Iki. Um, or however you want to say it. I'm not going to get into that. Iki has so many things that I love. Um, it's set in Japan. It's set in Tokyo. I'm in. I mean, Edo, but now known as Tokyo. It is got the shopping place. I mean, the artwork is so cool. And then I started looking. There's an older version of this. I don't know if it was the same name. I guess I think yeah, so. Yeah, it's the same, same name. Yeah. Which is really the Japanese art on it is awesome. And I see people using Kokishi dolls as player markers. And I'm like, why am I not doing this? Probably because I only have one. Uh, but in this game, you're moving around and you're visiting these artisans in Tokyo. You're also like trying to like get your people employed that are going to like each turn kind of move up with their own sk- if people visit them. They move up in their skill, their train that's giving you more things, points or um, resources. You're trying to like, co- I mean, you're just collecting all kinds of things. Fish that fish that aren't the same type from the fish market. And if you get like so many different fish, each different one that you get adds up your points. If you are getting pipes and different kinds of tobacco and that, those different things add up to your points. Like there is just points upon points that you're trying to get as you're moving around this set of shops. And it really is like, you know, like shopping at Ginza, like you're going down the street and then back up the street. And it's, it's, I, I really think that is a cool mechanic. Also, like you are invested, you've got your artisans too. You're trying to get your people into shops that are in like prime real estate, like on the corners and stuff where we can see them. The problem is, you know, it's feudal Japan and, you know, things catch on fire. They didn't have insurance, you know, the bucket brigade is a little slow. So you also have a chance of getting, having your buildings catch on fire. So you want to be able to put them out. Like, are you trained for that? Are you ready for that? Are you going to take the risk of getting this shop in a prime spot? And like, oh, I may be the first to have to deal with fire. But you might not. So there's also a little push your luck. It's just got so many things that I really enjoy in a game. And I can't wait to get it back. Like, I've got to play it, play it again. So that's my number 24, Iki. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, I thought I talked about it already at some point, but mm, I'm not sure. I don't know. So my number 23 is, I think we mentioned it in passing last week. Or maybe we were talking to Chris and Amy. I have no idea. Uh, but it is another game from the Italians. This is going to be a lot of Italians coming up in this list. Just be forewarned. You should know it already. Is, yeah, yeah. This one's called Council of Four. And this is, as far as a game from an Italian, the Italians go, this is probably one of the more simple ones. It's a network building game, kind of. You're collecting cards like in Ticket to Ride. You need certain colors. But the way that you're building the network in this game is you have to influence these councils. And the councils are made up of, I think, four different colored meeples, or four meeples total. And they're going to have a bunch of different colors that they could be. And you have to spin cards to match their color. And as some of your actions, you can boot people out of the the council to make it more favorable to the cards you have in your hand. Um, If you don't have the proper, proper card, you can also spend money to help bribe the council to get stuff in your favor. And you're getting these building permits for three of them. And then the fourth one, you're just bribing the king and he'll let you build directly. And as you build buildings, you're going to fire off all the other buildings that are connected in your network to just give you piles and piles of bonuses and good stuff. That's the whole game. Building networks, getting stuff. 
I like that. It's great. It's satisfying pushing those council members out to council because we have the old and busted one where it actually has like a little like um, balcony that you can slide the little meeples off, which is pretty cool. Great game. Uh, if you haven't played it, the new one's pretty readily available. The one that was released from Simon. Same gameplay, just looks a little different. It doesn't have the cool um, balconies, but fantastic game. I love it. 23, Council of Four. Yeah, this one is real good. It's better than you think. <laughs> it is. Wow, wow. Yeah, I love Council of Four. Good, good game. But my number 23 is also a new game to us. We own this now. Originally, we did not, I believe. Correct. I got it in a trade. But it's an Alexander Feaster game. Feaster game, What? however you want to say his name. Um, again, very much for me, a new designer that I've been exploring. And gosh, I love this game. And that's Maracaibo. Maracaibo is basically trading in the Caribbean instead of the Mediterranean. Um, but you are sailing around the Caribbean. You can stop. You're stopping at different places to fulfill contracts and complete quests and trade resources. And um, you can have some combat like it's it. It's the best of so many worlds. Like it's just so good. There is a lot of background learning to be had. Like it it was a hefty sitting trying to follow session to learn this game but once you learn it and it's it's totally worth putting the effort because like you i would play the crap out of this thing like it's so great and i think there's like a legacy version or something somebody said i don't know why you don't even need that because there's so much going on and just like playing a version of the game like i i don't even understand why yeah i don't get it i don't get it at all but it is really good. It's challenging. And again, you go your own way. You can do your own things um, to try and get your points. There's like little, uh, tracks you can move on and stuff you can fulfill and you can chase down pirates. Like you're, there's card play that like can be really helpful that give you like great powers. Like it, I mean, it's super good. Like I want to go play it right now if I wasn't about to fall asleep. It's it's really good. Um, that's why it's my number 23, my favorite number. Maracaibo. Yeah, Fister has been doing crazy heavy stuff lately. I don't know what happened, but... I'm digging uh, it. This, I'm here for it. This is It is a really good one. And he has some really cool card play in a lot of his new games, like Boone Lake. You talked about mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. Uh, there's some cool card stuff in both of those games. My number 22, uh, Katie already talked about, up and... The top. 30. And it is Tekenu, Obelisk of the Sun, everything Katie said. This has some really cool dice drafting elements where there's a light side and a dark side and a forbidden side where you can't take dice from at all, which is actually the most, you know, crucial of both of those, all three of those elements. And frustrating. And and frustrating because you always want those dice every single time. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you're just trying to, wherever you take the die from around the obelisk, it's the action you get to take. You may build temples. You may build some statues. You may get some in-game gold cards, which I always forget. Um, <laughs> I don't. You may you may collect different resources because you got to spend bread and all that kind of thing to pay for other things. So much stuff going on. It is a beast. Uh, it, has, it has a lot going on. Uh, it doesn't look the greatest because a lot of board and dice games just don't look that good. Oh, I like but, it. That look good. Oh, uh, I don't. I just, I mean, it looks fine to me, but other people probably gonna look at it and not like it. Um, but yeah, it's everything Katie said. I agree with hundred percent. And my number twenty two, Tekenu, Obelisk of the Sun. Yeah, it's good. My number twenty two is a game that I fully expected not to like, and I don't know why. I I don't know if I thought it was overhyped or I just wasn't sure. Um, because I remember seeing it and thinking, yeah, that looks really good. I watched Rado play it and I was like, ooh, I'm interested. And Jason was like, no, it's got this other this stuff that you don't want to do. And I was like, oh, okay. But I just think he didn't know about it. For once, I knew about a game better than he did. And it was this game. And that is Merchants of the Dark Road. This game is really good. And I've played this many times uh, this year. 
Of course, I don't have a fancy deluxified copy. That's fine because the gameplay is so good. So you are merchants and you are going around. You're collecting goods to trade at different cities. You're also picking up some passengers, selling them some goods too, and you're going to drop them off for a fee as well. And you're moving around just trying to do that in the most efficient way, in the best way. You are you know, buying stock and having to fit it in your caravan. And then you're going to go on a trip. Who's going with you? People can go with you on a road trip. People can sit out however they want to do it. And you can decide to go the dark road or the light road. Light road's got better stuff, but you know, you're going to pick last because there's a whole guide thing. Dark road, you're brave. You go first. Lots of scary stuff on the dark road. It There's just so many awesome elements to this game. I don't feel like you, it's one of those where you always want more turns. It's got, and you decide what you're doing by choosing these dice off your board. And your board's cute, by the way, even just straight up. It's this cute, adorable little caravan. But you're moving these dice up and the pips are the strength of the action. And where the dice comes from is the action that's taken. I mean, and you always want to take them like, well, I really wanted to do this thing, but it's not quite enough. And I, it just keeps coming, keeps me coming back. It just constantly keeps going back. Now, if you like to pimp out games, this one has got some great stuff for it. Since I pl- I really like it and I like to play it so much, it might be worth it. But again, we're cheapskates, probably not gonna happen. But it's really great. I like the gameplay is just so solid. And it, I think it makes sense because the theme seems to really work with it. And so there's a few like little kind of nitpicky rules like, okay, you can this uh, at this place, you you can do this thing. Once people get that, they're like, okay. And you're just kind of keeping, you keep completing the circuit, picking up stuff, picking up people, selling stuff, taking a trip. Like it's just constantly happening so that you can catch on really quick. And then you start to really get into your strategy of, okay, can I get some in-game tiles? Can I get some, people and goods that go to the same place can i hitch ride with somebody else maybe get something good that i need oh it it's super good that's why it's my 22 merchants of the dark road yeah i do like this i think i already talked about it but yeah it's a great game but i think it feels too long and also too short at the same time i don't know how to explain it Hmm. but that's how i always feel when i play like i feel like i've been playing it for like nine hours but but then i feel like i haven't had enough time to do anything which is strange. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Well, I think because sometimes you're reminding people of rules a lot at the beginning, and I feel like that kind of makes it slow. And also, I forgot to mention, this is, this is another one of those games where you're getting points and you're getting coins. And the lowest of those two is the score you get. So you don't want to just go heavy into points and neglect coins. Like, it's it's this cool balance. Oh, yet another thing is so great about it. Yeah, that's a, a new hot mechanism. I do love that. All right, so I'm going to give some clues to my 21. It's got two of our favorite things, Italians and Clemens Franz. <laughs> <laughs> I want Clemens now, Franz to paint a family portrait of us. You think he would? I would love that. I would hang that up right now. That would be awesome. Uh, and my, that game is Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Uh, this is... It, it's fantastic. It, it's rated like a 3.3 heaviness on the BGG. I disagree with that, Mm-mm. but it's it's effectively a dice placement game, but everybody's using the same dice, and you're going to have these little like cylinders that represent each of the three dice. There's a white, a black, and an orange die. So if, if there's three fives out there, we all have a die. We all have the same value of dice that we're using. And we also have one that's a zero. It's a dumb one. We have to send that one out there with some um, assistance to make it even do anything to take any actions. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to collect these different cards from these towers to grow a couple engines. You have a production engine that's going to give you different goods. You have a military engine that's going to give you different things. You have an in-game point engine, which is going to give you, well, in-game points. And then you have another one that's going to give you immediate bonuses. The more of those cards you collect, you're going to get things to help you do all the other things. There's also some spaces on the board where you can just get generic resources to help you along your journey. And you're going to do that over, I can't remember the amount of the rounds, like six rounds or something. But like some of their other games, you're going to have the Catholic Church that you have to appease every now and then. When the church you attacks. Have to, yeah, the church is going to attack. You have to give them some favors. 
um, meet some criteria that they want you to meet, or you're going to suffer a penalty for the rest of the game. And those penalties are usually pretty harsh. So you're trying to also keep an eye on that because you don't want to ignore it because you're probably not going to have a good rest of the game. Great game. We have the expansion as well. We haven't played it yet. It adds an extra tower. Um, I want to try that out because it looks amazing. But even without that, it's my number 21. Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Go Clemens Franz. Um, I like this one a little bit more than you. Yeah, I figured you really like this one. I, I really do. Man, all those like combo. Oh, we'll talk about all it later. All that Clemens Franz artwork. All that Clemens Franz delicious artwork. <laughs> Clemens Franz is going to have a restraining order against me or something. <laughs> we can't see Feld. We can't see Clemens Franz. I'm pretty sure Uncle Vital is going to get a little weirded out eventually. But he- As long as we have the Italians, we're all right. Mm, okay. My number 21 and the last one I want to talk about today uh, came out of nowhere. This is another game where I was like, Jason, I think this could be good. And I covered it on news. It blew up as a Kickstarter and then I got to try it, and I was like, we have got to get this game. And Jason was convinced, and now he's obsessed. And that is Wonderland's War. Yeah, I can't believe how low this is. The nerve. 21? This is super high. We just freaking got this game. No, I. this is such fake news. <laughs> Your fake news. Wonderland's War, if you don't know about it, um, it's, it's a bag building. So... You have a drafting portion where you're building a bag. Then you have the war portion where you're sort of fighting over these different spots in Neverland or Terrible in, name. in Wonderland. Terrible name. Don't. Yeah. I don't know why they call it a war. So dumb. It's not really. I mean, it's sort of a battle, but barely like you're it's like you're just facing yourself because you're. it's a push your luck mechanism because sometimes right. you do. You don't even want to win. Sometimes you're just trying to hit a certain point because you're fulfilling these goals that you've got. And that's what I love about this game is there's like, again, multi-pass of victory because you've got special powers, player powers for each player that are super unique and really cool. And you've got to like build up to them. You can like, um, uh, what's forge. Uh, chips onto your board to get bonuses to get you other things like you can take different kinds of chips that are going to give you like point yes there's a ton of minis i don't care like they're fun i love the theme because there's just so much great stuff going on it's like if it's like if quacks and i don't know something else had a baby (laughs) Well, the tea party's kind of like Takedo a little bit. No, no, that's not it. Like you're moving around, yeah. I don't, no, that's I don't not know. It. I'll think of it. But it's like it's like quacks mutated into something else, just like a little bit more, and it became Wonderland's War. And it's it is really good. It's really good. Um, we have a copy. Jason lost his GD mind. Sorry, Aunt Sam. And went all in on the Kickstarter. And I cannot wait for that sucker to get fulfilled. Like all the stuff and 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 the expansion. And it's going to be epic. Uh, this is graded two. This is graded three. Once you get a lot of people in there, it can take a little bit long. If you got people that got AP, if you have people that can't make decisions quickly, think on other people's turns. It's not that hard. Um, and then it turns into a really great game because it is fun to have lots of different people kind of working for the control of the different areas of Wonderland and all like powers firing off from Wonderlandians and um, your players. Like it's, it's good at a higher player count. You just can't let someone bog it down for you or you'll be there for hours, but it is a super good, super good game. And that's my 21 Wonderland's war. Yeah, I'll be talking about this uh, in a couple weeks. In a couple weeks? Yeah, this game is amazing. Oh my gosh. It's like I don't even know who you are anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it may be single digits. I'm taking away your Steffenfeld body pillow for that. <laughs> what the heck? I'm going to be sleeping with the <laughs> body pillow of the Mad Hatter. <laughs> Not my Clemens Franz body pillow, that's for sure. That's true. There, there should be one of those. <laughs> All right. Uh, before the, I'm like getting slap happy. Let's recount our games 30 to 21. 
All right, so my number 30 is Bonfire, 29 is Dinosaur Island, 28, The Prodigal's Club, 27, Rococo, 26, Terraforming Mars, 25, Lords of Vegas, 24, Euphoria, 23, I can't find it, Council of Four, 22, Tekenu, 21, Lorenzo Il Magnifico. And my number 30 was Tekenu, Obelisk of the Sun, 29, Orleans, 28, Venice, 27, Paris, 26, Nidavellir, 25, Hadara, 24, Iki, 23, Maracaibo, 22, Merchants of the Dark Road, and 21, Wonderland's War. If you sense my mounting excitement, uh, if I'm getting a little crazy, get a little passionate about these games, it's because these are our favorite games. I mean, absolutely. Any surprises from anyone? Uh, feel free to let us know on our social medias. We love hearing from you. I love hearing about your favorite games. Anybody got a top 20 they want to share? Um, put that on our Facebook, our YouTube, our Twitter our instas we would love to hear what some of your absolute favorite games are i love to find and discover new games and i'm also willing to be proved wrong about some games i don't like yeah and everybody feel free to tell katie why wonderland's war is rated too low 21 we just talked about our favorite things are clemens fronds and cubes and tracks yeah this has none of those that doesn't mean it's not good that's why i'm saying 21 feels an appropriate number no no. All right. Well, I'm turning into a pumpkin, but hopefully this episode gets out on time. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope that your new year has started off with some great games. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. <laughs> <laughs>